0: You're listening to the Going Offsides podcast, your home for lacrosse news, stories, and everything in between. All right, Ryan, we're back after the all-star break, and we have a really incredible guest today, an absolute legend of the game. But before we get into that, there's been some coaching changes uh, at the D2 level. That mm-hmm. which is kind of your wheelhouse,
1: oh, which absolutely. has
0: uh, kind of shaken the D2
1: landscape a bit and there will definitely be a domino effect from this. Absolutely. And um, Before we even get into that great episode, I mean, obviously with this news coming out, fantastic. Um, lots to talk about, but we also have a, a great guest. I think somebody that everybody will enjoy um, and, and has a lot of knowledge that, and that um, is going to be great for all of our listeners. But um, in terms of talking about the coaching changes, recently announced um, JB Clark, the former, now former head coach at Limestone University, um, heading down to the University of Tampa. This is going to send shockwaves through the uh, division two landscape, something that um, I think for people that, um, you know, maybe don't pay attention as much to division two, we're really surprised that but for a lot of people that have kind of, you know, that know kind of the ins and outs, um, and kind of know kind of what the landscape of division two is and is going towards. don't find this all that surprising. Um, You know, I think it's, uh, it's gonna, time will tell how, how it works out for Tampa. I mean, from, from limestone standpoint, you know, they lose obviously a championship caliber coach um, somebody who really came in and, you know, restored that program and brought it to new heights. Um, And and I think the the thought process behind it at Tampa is, is that, you know, he's going to have the ability to do the same at Tampa. Um, you know, I think it's a smart hire. I think it's a good hire. Um, but like he was at Tampa, I think, you know, the, the strength of that program is going to be with who JB hires as his assistants, because we know that they do the, uh, they do the lion's share of the work for whichever program he's the guy at.
0: Yeah. I think looking at it from Tampa's perspective, there's two things Tampa and limestone have in, in common other than being D2 schools. Well, one is that they're consistently in the top 20, usually top 10. And that, uh, you know, I completely spaced on the second piece. Yeah, so they're both consistently in the top 20. But the, the, the big difference is that Tampa has never been able to get the job done late in the season, mm-hmm. no matter how close they get. And that's something that JB has been able to do. And so they, I think they wanted somebody that knew how to actually take it the distance, And see if JB could do it. Now, what surprised me is that JB was interested. And you know, there's probably some personal details in there. I mean, it's Florida. You know, moving from what, South Carolina to Florida?
1: Gaffney, South South Carolina to Tampa, Florida is a little bit of a change. Yeah. Um, Late in your career,
0: too. Like, it it makes sense. I think there's a a
1: little bit more to do in in Tampa than there is Gaffney, South Carolina.
0: Listen, I mean, we all saw how Lane Kiffin felt moving to Florida and living the lifestyle and enjoying coaching down there, you know, taking recruits out on a boat. You know, I'm not saying JB is going to be fishing with any recruits. I'm just saying that it, it is a different lifestyle. And like, like you said, in Gaffney, South Carolina, Uh, but it's difficult. I'm sure it was difficult for him to make that decision to leave a a program that, you know, he took to the next level and that continued success and and the the coaching trees and the alumni that have come Mm -hmm. out of limestone. I mean, you don't really hear about it because D2 doesn't get the news, but there are, JB coaches all over the place, man, all over the place. And even more from Limestone
1: that didn't play for JB. So there's a lot of high quality coaches out there. And I think it's going to be, it's going to be really interesting to see who they pick. But, you know, like you said, I'm not surprised that JB might, you know, with this opportunity coming out, I don't think he would have left for any opportunity, but Tampa is a really unique opportunity. Um, But also at the same time, life at Limestone has gotten Um, just a little bit harder with switching over into the SAC conference, um, having to play Queens, Wingate, LR um it's made their path to a conference championship the NCAA tournament and a national championship that much more difficult whereas you know moving over to Tampa you know the Sunshine State is still a great conference but um you know for the most part it's Tampa's
0: to lose still yeah
1: and you might only have to see those teams once a year as opposed to you know what was it you know LR and Wingate played three times this year yeah, um, in before, a unique year. four times. Still, I'm sorry, yeah. they played actually, three times, I think, because they played regular season, conference tournament, and then NCAA tournament. So, um, makes their makes your life a lot more difficult um, to get to the national championship when you're when you're seeing things like that.
0: Absolutely. So w- we'll definitely be keeping track of this because with a with an opening like that, and we have seen a trend. Yep. This is, is this is one of the few times we've seen a head coach leave for another head coaching position. In D two, we've seen a lot of assistants moving around. Uh, you know, taking the next step. It, it could be COVID. You know, pay freezes. Not not willing, uh, an unwillingness to pay for moving costs. It could be whatever that is leading schools to maybe get a discount by hiring assist a current assistant and giving them their shot, as opposed to trying to get a hot commodity. I don't think Tampa was concerned with that at all. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure JB and Tampa are both happy with the situation. And we've already heard rumblings of some changes that are coming to the Tampa program, which, uh, you know, we'll, we'll speak on when we know that they become official. But, uh, let's... limestone
1: job is going to be very sought after by alumni and other people in across, you know, this is going to be one of those jobs where you're going to get division one guys to apply for it. You're going to get very well thought of division two coaches and division three coaches, because you know, the one thing limestone has the tradition, they have the history of, of winning and you know, that attracts quality candidates.
0: Yeah. And, and the one thing we both know is that whoever gets this job is going to have to be a grinder because, you need 60 to 70 guys to make limestone what it is. Mm -hmm. And so like that, not every guy can do that. Very few D one guys have the, not the ability, but the experience of recruiting that number of student
1: athletes. It's a little different when you got to bring in 20 guys every year.
0: Yeah. Every year or else. And you know, like the the transfer rates just going to be a little bit higher just because you do have that high roster number. So there's a bit more churn going on, but, uh, Moving from a D2 legend <clears throat> over to today's guest, who is a D1 legend. We have Dave Cottle today who, you know, we'll, we'll tr- transition over to that segment in a second here,
1: but let's just talk about Dave for a second. So obviously. Salisbury before Salisbury was Salisbury. This guy was an absolute Salisbury stud of state. A player. Yep, Salisbury state, absolute stud of a player. And I think you said, Nick, he was like the second guy in the history of uh, college lacrosse to, to put a hundred points on the board.
0: Yeah. And, his, his and it season. was in his, uh, I think it was his freshman season. He uh, led the nation in scoring. So just absolute. And, and for people that don't know in that time period, like 75 to 78, when he was at Salisbury, like, like that's a Salisbury team that could have played D1. Like that's, yeah. and, and they're still very good and they still possibly could. But what we're saying is the gap between the highest D threes and D one was a little bit smaller. I, in my opinion, and
1: and the structure really wasn't adhered to the way it is today. You saw, you know, just to give you an example of cross division games, if you're a northerner, Syracuse always played Hobart. They always played Cortland state. They always Mm -hmm. played, um, you know, Ithaca and uh, all of those teams. It was more of who's the closest teams around you that you can get a good game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You weren't flying for many
0: games back then. So, yeah. So it, it just speaks to, you know, setting the record or yeah setting a a being the 100 point scorer and a three-time All-American at Salisbury State like for for the younger listeners that's insane like that is pretty much unheard of these days and then and then obviously going into his illustrious coaching career of close to 30 years at Loyola yeah. in
1: Maryland does two years as a high school coach and then gets the job at Loyola and takes them on an unprecedented run. Um, you know, if you, if you, that doesn't yeah. happen anymore, man, you, you yeah, don't, you
0: don't go from any high school in the country to a division one head coaching job.
1: Yeah. And- today, And he took Loyola to new heights. I mean, obviously he's an offensive genius. You know, he's one of the guys that revolutionized the offensive game in terms of, you know, the development of the Mumbos and things like that, that one, one. one. you know, he took Loyola to a final four. He was the, they were the team that actually played um, the Gate brothers in the 1990 um, championship with Charlie Toomey in the goal for Loyola. Um, you know, and then obviously moves on to Maryland, you know, was the ACC coach of the year. Um, You know, he was the USILA coach of the year while he was at Loyola. Um, You know, he was really, um, you know, he's kind of been, he's been one of the who's who of college coaches um, in the last 30 years.
0: Yeah. He's, he's kind of like on that Mount Rushmore of of iconic lacrosse coaches and then following up his, his illustrious college coaching career with, Close to ten years in the MLL, working with the Bayhawks. I mean, talk about a guy that just lives and breathes Baltimore lacrosse, right? Yeah. I mean,
1: it's not bad when you never Salisbury
0: Severn School, Loyola, Maryland. Baltimore slash Chesapeake Bayhawks. I that mean,
1: guy, he probably loves crab cakes and he loves those Uts crab cake flavored chips. <laughs>
0: I'm sure I'll have to ask him that. That did not come up on, on the pod. But you know, and and so in his new role, he's the president of Legendary Sports Group, which does events from all sorts of different, you know, sports, not just lacrosse, but specifically, we we talked to him about his involvement with LSG and the the sport of lacrosse and uh we we hope you look forward to it or we we hope you enjoy it we hope you get something out of it and uh let, let's start that one right now so i'm sitting here today with an absolute lacrosse legend dave Cottle, and uh you know you you built your entire career your coaching career at loyola in maryland and then before moving to the mll and so now you're working with Maybe you can clear this up for me. So you're working with LSG, which is Legendary Sports Group. You're also working with Five Star. What are they and what is the difference?
2: Uh, Good question. First of all, we're Legendary Sports Group and we're an event company. We run events Mm -hmm. in multiple sports. Uh, We have some endurance races and we have boys and girls lacrosse. And then one of the events that we run is is Five Star. And so we work for the same company
0: and we're just on the event end of it. Okay, perfect, perfect. And so you, you just completed Naptown, which is this, this rather large, very well-run tournament. So can you give us a quick recap of, of where it is, how many teams are there, all of those types of things? Who is going to, to a Naptown Challenge?
2: Well, when we came up with the idea, we wanted a high-end tournament in uh, multiple age groups at the high school level. And then uh, we started it at the high school level, and then it's grown. Some of the teams say that they wanted to bring their uh, sixth, seventh, and eighth graders with them, so we expanded to those three divisions. But the best teams in the country go; uh, they want to play against competition from other states. And uh, and NapTown is, you know, Annapolis being a destination, especially in you know June, July, and August. We get a lot of teams that travel in and like spending a few days there. So we're one of the few tournaments that's a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, because kids wind up, they can either add it like Resolute or I guess Project Midwest and some of the California teams wind up playing in another tournament the week on Saturday and Sunday. And they get to, with one flight, play in multiple tournaments and they got to play in that on Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday. So it's a high-end tournament. With the championship games on TV and it's good exposure for the clubs and it's great competition.
0: Yeah. It's kind of brilliant too, because so many of these tournaments, well, basically all tournaments are on the weekends. So if you're going to play on that tournament circuit, you're pretty much giving away every weekend of your summer. So now you might actually ha- enjoy a weekend before playing in a tournament if you're not, you know, playing in two tournaments back to back. So uh, I think that's pretty unique and pretty, pretty impressive. And, and I also hear, so I saw a job posting recently for, you know, director of, of lacrosse for, for Spire. And so from what I hear, you're working with Spire to build a new lacrosse program. Uh, the only other thing I really know about it is that it's this kind of elite training center, you know, it's, it's located in Ohio. What can you tell us about the lacrosse end of things and, and about that relationship?
2: Well, it's interesting and it's good for us and it's good for the kids. Spire is being Spire was bought by the guys who started IMG. Okay. So it, it's it's going to be an if you would an IMG type place where they go into total training of the student athlete you know academically socially but also psychologically and strength training. So it's going to be a combination where they're going to start a program. They hope to be going by the spring of twenty three, and we're right now looking for some outstanding coaches that have recruiting background coaching good guys we know that are good coaches Mm -hmm. and are the ability to put teams together. So we've got some good candidates. We're getting ready to start the interview process, but we're excited about it because it's good for lacrosse. Anytime a major school gets involved with it. And if you get a chance to go on the website and check out Spire, you know, they've got indoor stadium, they've got an outdoor stadium. They've got, they've got uh, another, uh, they've got a full field indoors. You know, along with the strength coaches and everything like that that will help improve performance for the players. So it's it's a great opportunity for the young kids today to get a quality education and, and, and train to get ready to play
0: college. And does, fire, does that start at the high school age or does that start earlier at the middle school age?
2: It, right now, it looks like it's going to start at the ninth grade.
0: Okay. And that's located and so, just east of Cleveland? If yeah, it I'm is. It's right off
2: Lake Erie. Yeah. Okay. It's right off Lake Erie. I think it's called Athens, Ohio. Okay. Perfect. Uh, and, and so uh, it's, it's near the wine, wine country and the guys that own it bought it. They live in Baltimore. They oh, okay. actually fly out. They fly out weekly to go work on it, but they've got tremendous amount of land They're they They got tremendous plans. They've already done basketball mm-hmm. and track and field and some other sports and it's good for lacrosse that they're getting involved there.
0: Yeah, I, I've heard of the the basketball team before, and, and it travels around the country. It's on ESPN. It, it's the whole nine. It's one of the elite basketball programs, which is kind of what drew me to, to the name in the first place. So it's great that they're getting involved in lacrosse. It's another step forward for the game and another opportunity. So I hear that the office over at LSG is, is quite impressive because I, we've already had Spencer Ford on the show. Um, I, I know you, you work there along with uh, Coach Petromala, who his role might change a little bit because, you know, he's, he's going to be a little bit busier these days. But uh, tell, tell us what it's like to work with, you know, what I would call such a talent rich group of people.
2: Well, when we started it, we first of all, we wanted good people. You know, Matt Florio is a former lacrosse player from Bethpage and Towson. He's our operations guy. Lisa LaPlaca is a loyal college grad who does our social media and, but she also does our sponsorship. And then we have our lacrosse talent. And uh, we were, you know, it it was a tough time for coach Petromala right after the Hopkins, Mm -hmm. the way it ended at Hopkins. But, you know, we, we got a guy who worked his tail off for a year with the idea that hopefully he'd get back into college and, And he was fantastic and we're really excited for him to be at Syracuse. And in fact, he's going to, he's still going to be an employee for us. He just can't participate in anything, any events we run that are invitation only. So our five star, which is an invitation, he can't be involved in that at all. And then you've got Spencer, who's got a background in both box lacrosse pro lacrosse high school lacrosse. So we've got a group of guys that we can sit around and, and, and talk about lacrosse in the office, but more importantly, try to come up with ideas through our past experiences that haven't been done yet, or that if they have been done, find a way to do a, do it better. And okay. if you saw the MIA championship, you know, we had more people than the quarterfinals put together, you know, the MIA championship had 7,500 people at the championship. game, you know, yeah. we, our TV reach was over 55,000 for streaming and, uh, and LSN. So, there was a lot of interest in that. And, you know, we're, we'd like to get in that business, the high school business, running state tournaments and running, whether it be other sports. So we, you know, we have Naptown, we have five-star, we have, uh, you know, the MIA. So we're, we're going in a bunch of different directions.
0: Yeah. And what struck me when, when Spencer was talking about working with the company is he said that at these events, you know, there's tons of event companies, right. And what, what separates this one is, the quality of the coaching, the quality of the staff, and like you're getting people that aren't just showing up and going through the motions. Like they're putting every, all their experience, all their knowledge into the product. And, you know, I haven't been fortunate enough to get out to one yet, but you know, I did catch the Mi the MIAA championships on, on LSN. It was awesome to see like the level and the production value of high school lacrosse. You know, that's something that I think there's a lot of room for growth across the country. So uh, those are all really incredible things. Uh, what are some other events that are maybe coming up or some plans that you could share with us about you know LSG moving forward?
2: Well, we're going to do our first high school only tournament, and that's going to be July 21 and 22 in Tinton Falls, New Jersey. And we've got Malvern and Haverford and Spalding and Chaminade mm-hmm. and Chatham. So we got really good teams in the first year. We think we have a chance to double from year one to year two. And so we're working on that. That's just next week. And then we're going to deal, we're working with the Ocean City Lacrosse Tournament. We'd like to bring that back to uh, the level that it once was. And we've actually, we're putting up a $10,000 prize for the first place team of the A Division. So, uh, you know, and college players are able to participate as long as they're not paid more than their expenses. So the the team that wins the purse has to divvy the money up, if you would. And so, but it's just the idea to get Ocean City another destination. It used to be, you know, a hundred team tournament to get oh, that yeah. back in action. Yeah. And so uh, we're excited about that. And then our last one in August will be the five star, the 2023 kids that we saw in December. And then there's some other kids coming back. Uh, that'll be at Landair Park in Columbia. And that'll kind of take us through the summer. And so then we get ready for our fall events. But it's really an exciting time. See some great high school across next week. To watch the uh, you know the older guys and uh, mm-hmm. professional guys that aren't probably playing in the PLL right now who will still want to play along with college players and then to get back to the 23 class two days before uh, they're going to be start their recruiting going to be open so we're also going to do a television show on uh, the 2023 class and have our ratings. You know, we're going to rate the top players, but we're also going to try to give everybody who participated in our event. And then we've seen this year in the 2023, a certain amount, they're going to earn their stars, if you would. And so we're going to wind up being able to rate them. So we think we have enough college coaches, you know, former college, John Desco, Dave Slavkoski, Don Zimmerman, Billy mm-hmm. Dewan, that will be able to really give an accurate representation of what kind of talent the kids have.
0: I I think that's unique too, because other, you know, there are other groups that try to give ratings and and they may be great. They may not. I mean, the proof is in the pudding, right? We'll find out four years from now, but it, it sounds like, you know, the, the depth of experience that you guys have doing that will definitely provide a quality, I guess, rating and then help coaches that maybe they couldn't see this certain guy like they can kind of trust that rating a, a bit more and and help help with the recruiting process in general uh the ocean city thing is is really interesting to me because we were just talking to the directors of Vail a couple of weeks ago and we talked about how the big four and ocean city was always one of the big four you know senior tournaments you know with, with placid vale and and hawaii so it'll be really cool to see that back. And I think with, you know, obviously all of these former MLL guys that are probably itching, uh, there's going to be quite a bit of talent on these, on these adult teams. So uh, I'd be very interested to see some, some video from that coach. Is there anything else you'd like to add um, about any of this LSG, any of the events or, or, you know, is there certain places you want people to go for information to register for tournaments or anything like that?
2: Well, legendary sports group. All of our events are on there. You know, we run a, an event for girls mm-hmm. in January, and we're we we're going to announce that five star girls is going to happen in Naples, Florida, also in December. Chris Robinson is going to be a guy who uh, who's really dominating the women's game at at a, at a club level. He's going to be a guy that's going to help us get started to do the five star and to rank every girl that comes to five star. So that's the one thing I, I, I do want to say is we're just going to follow the motto. We're going to do all that we can for the student athletes. And if we run a good event for them, then it'll be a good event. If we do a good job with the kids, we'll get kids to come. And that's our goal. And that's the way we're going to do it.
0: Yeah. The proof is in the pudding, right? If people come and enjoy themselves, they're going to keep coming back and they're going to word of mouth is very powerful in the lacrosse world because it is a small world still. Um, You know, you run an event company more or less and COVID has had its effects one way or another. Without question. What do you think will stay the same moving forward that we've learned through COVID? Well, here's a question that no one even thinks about unless you run an event.
2: How do you hydrate the kids? You know, because of COVID, you know the the event director used to be responsible for having water and everything at every field. You know, Mm -hmm. we had one person that just filled up coolers with ice and water. We've kind of stayed away from that. We wound up we have a Gatorade sponsor, and we were giving away free bottles of Gatorade to any anybody at our events. They could come up and get it. what happened is we'd have a girl who would put it on the table and they could grab it. So one person right. touch one bottle. So that that still hasn't changed for us yet. And, and it's actually easier for us, but I don't feel comfortable with that. I want to be able to make sure the kids, we have balls at the back of the line and we, we can hydrate the kids properly and safely. So that that's something that I, I, we've got to work through. I would say the travel is the big thing. You know, you're still wearing masks on planes. I, how, how long will that stay with us? And, but I, I see that teams may travel for multiple events. And if you're smart enough to position your event where you know out of state teams are going to come into town, AKA Naptown, we at the Crab Feast is before us mm-hmm. and then we're afterwards, you know, you can wind up doing that. That's something that, that I think uh, I also felt for a while that doing regionals was the way to get around the travel. Mm-hmm. So instead of, you know, you'd have a re- eight different regions, you play a 16-dean tournament in eight different regions, you'd only bring the winners forward. But uh, that was going to be our plan if COVID can- continued to, uh, to, to, to strike, slap us in the face like it did. But uh, I, I, I think there's a place for regionals and a place for nationals. And uh, developing great regional tournaments is something that we're going to wind up going through. And then the other thing is the club guys are doing a good job and they do a great job with events. But the guys that have been left behind in this whole thing are the college coaches. You know, the college coach, we as event guys are making money because the college coaches are attending the events. Right. Or supplying the colleges with film, streaming, whatever it is. There's got to be a way to position, you know, for us. And we're, we've decided to put 30% of our business next year into working with college coaches on running events with them, not just club guys, but with college good. So I think that that's going to be for legendary sports group. That's the next step we're going to. take.
0: Uh, coach. Thanks a lot. And. You know, Thank one, you. Nice meeting we'll, you. And, yeah. One day. We'll yeah. Be I, I want to get you.
2: i would like to offer you an invitation to come to five star whether it's Mm. in the august one or december one and we'll put you up in a hotel room and everything like that get you down there but we would love for you to be a part of it and and be able to see up close what we're trying to do
0: fantastic coach i appreciate that offer and and i'll probably take you up on that i mean i will definitely take you up on that
2: come to florida anyway (laughs) yeah my parents are
0: outside of fort myers so i mean i don't know where you're doing it down there but Everything's well, we're doing a IMG hours.
2: for the boys yeah img for the boys and naples for the girls
0: okay img is only like an hour and 15 from from my parents place so
2: and you can stay right at the legacy hotel right on campus so you won't oh, get fantastic
0: well you are you you we'd love to have you fantastic coach i really appreciate it and uh we'll, we'll be we'll doing stuff together in the future i'm sure
2: All right, you got
0: it. Thank you. Thank you. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to subscribe, give us a review, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Going Off Sides.